Hey everybody, Perilous Garris here, getting set for episode 8 of the RPI Athletics Podcast. And uh, on today's show, we have folks from men's basketball, head coach Mark Gilbride, along with the uh, guards Don Black and Will Rubin will be joining the show. And in our second half, we have uh, Brian and Sachi Vines on their uh, background, uh, and then uh, up until now, 10 years uh, working in the RPI Athletics Department. I hope you enjoy the podcast. For more than 35 years, CDPHP has been keeping you in the game by providing top-notch healthcare coverage, superior customer service, and the tools you need to live your healthiest life. They're also a proud sponsor of your RPI engineers. CDPHP, a plan for life. Uh, joining me on the phone here for the 8th RPI Athletics uh, podcast is 6th-year men's basketball head coach Mark Gilbride, who's a grad of Bowdoin College. Uh, Mark, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Perry. Excited to do it. Also, a sophomore guard, uh, Dom Black, who's from Arlington, Massachusetts, and he's a mechanical engineering major. Uh, Dom, thanks for coming, too. Yeah, no problem. Pleasure to be here. And also we have uh, uh, Will Rubin, who's a freshman guard from Mount Chisco, New York, a business and management major. Uh, Will, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Perry. All right. Uh, we'll start with, uh, from the top, uh, you know, a spectacular year. Uh, which kind of got buried in a certain sense because of the fact of how everything went down, you know, just a week after you guys were playing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but to, to give folks who weren't aware, uh, this men's basketball team this year uh, set a number of school records, went 24-5, and five, which is the school record for wins, uh, a conference wins 17-1. Uh, 17 That's a conference wins record in school history and also tied uh, the school record for consecutive wins in the season with 18 straight. And uh, we'll start with Coach Gilbride. Uh, you know, Mark, coming into the year, obviously you're not expecting to do those, do those things. You'd like them to happen. But, you know, what was the confidence level like before the season started? Uh, well, honestly, I don't think any of us knew, um, you know, how, how good we, we could be or, or, or what kind of season we could have. We, we just – it was a great, great group in terms of uh, trying to get better each game. And so we really focused on uh, going out, trying our hardest in every game to, to do certain things defensively and offensively that we thought would give us a chance to win. And we focused on that really well. And after the game, we'd, we'd evaluate it and uh, look at some things we could get better at and work that week in practice to get better and then go out in the next game and try our hardest again. And, uh, you know, with that approach, suddenly we looked up and we had won 18 games in a row. And uh, it was an awesome year and uh, really exciting. And we ended up with, uh, you know, getting a lot of um, media attention and uh, fan support. And uh, the students in the department were awesome in terms of supporting us. And so it was uh, – it ended up just being a lot of fun. But I, I don't know going into it if we, we had that plan. We just focused on, on trying our hardest to win each game and getting a little bit better and trying our hardest in the next game. Yeah, I was talking to – you know, I, talked to, I, remember, I remember talking to Eric Kempe, who's your assistant, right after that you came back from the – the Westfield State, and he said, you know, that Westfield State's a real good team. Maybe you thought you should have won the Rutgers Newark game, but you know, oh, at 0 and 2, uh, you know, who knows? Who knew what would would, would go down uh, there on the after? And Dom, you know, Dom was the Liberty League Defensive Player of the Year as a sophomore. Uh, he led the team in rebounding, basically, and a point guard to boot. So, uh, you know, Dom, coming out of those two first games, you knew you were a pretty good team, but looking at 0 and 2, you know, you, maybe you're not quite as confident as you could have been. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I know after the 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 Owen two weekend, I know I wasn't my confidence wasn't really there. Um, I personally thought that that game versus Rutgers Newark, um, was probably one of my worst games of the season. And I shot like like maybe ten percent from the field. Um, so you know it wasn't it wasn't the best showing from you know any of us really. But I think that was just kind of a, a test to see. All right, you know how are we gonna bounce back? How are we going to, you know build off of this. Um, like like Coach Kay said, that, that Westfield State, uh, State team also made it to the tournament. And, I mean, we did as well. But, you know, we didn't really know how good they were going in. And, again, we were, mm-hmm. I feel like we were still, still trying to find, you know, our our niche, you know, who was, who was doing what for, for our team day in and day out. So, And, uh, Will, you know, you didn't play a whole lot that first weekend, uh, but your minutes kind of picked up after that and you were able to, uh, produce. What, what was your first taste of college basketball like for you early on in the season, and when did you really start to feel your legs? Was it that you know the Mount St. Mary game where you, you put up 11 uh, in, in the 24 minutes you had there? Um, so the first game against Rutgers Newark was definitely uh, kind of like a wake up call, like first college game and being thrown into a fire against such a like gritty, athletic, tough, scrappy team. So. That first game, I I felt like I did well, like, for my first college game. And second game, I didn't get as much minutes as the first game. And I felt like that weekend, um, after, like, I talked to – after talking with the coaches, um, they still, like, had a plan for me. And I, like, tried to – tried my best to kind of build off that weekend. And that's Mm -hmm. what I – that's what I felt I did after that. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You guys then, after that, the 18-game winning streak we talked about. Uh, was, was there anything in particular about any, you know, any games where you, you felt that they were tight? Looking back on it now, Mark, are there any games that stand out during that run you had? This is before postseason, I'm talking, obviously. Uh, yeah, definitely. There were um, – so, yeah, we, we, we actually talked about this the other day, some of our, our favorite memories from the season. So, first of all, our first game against – our first win against SUNY Cobleskill. at SUNY Cobleskill was a, was a big one to get because it's always hard to get that first win. And that sort of got us off and, and, and got us started. And then we had some other big wins that, you know, at, at Hobart was a huge win. Uh, at Ithaca was a huge win. Both those teams went on to the NCAA tournament and um, to the second round into the Sweet 16. And so uh, those were big road victories to get. And then I thought when we played uh, at Union, which I think was for our 15th win in a row, um, and Union played great. Uh, at, at their place and really shot the ball well and it was a, a big crowd and a fun atmosphere and uh, and I thought Union played really well and, and we just played a little bit better and came away with that win and so uh, there were some exciting games along the way and, and certainly some close victories there are a lot of good teams in the Liberty League um, but uh, we, we had a had a lot of nice close wins. Uh, Dom, from December 30th through you know February 1st, you had double figures in every single game. It's ten games in a row, scoring wise, which you know, maybe as the defensive player of the year, maybe you know you're not thinking about scoring all the time. You're thinking about you know what responsibilities are defensively. But what during that stretch was working for you? Were you getting to the basket more, or uh, were you getting you know good jump shots, or was it you know a combination of the two? Um, I, personally, I, think it was, I just think it was a combination of the two. Um, I feel that you know as league play started, uh, they would probably need me a little bit more to to score the ball. Um, and, you know, after most timeouts, even, even Will over here is telling me, you know, be more aggressive, be more aggressive. And I tell him, yeah, I, you know, I got you. I got you. Don't worry. And, you know, my role as the point guard is I don't, I don't really need to score the ball 
all the time. If you know, my role is to get the best shot down the floor every single time. So that I guess that stretch was just you know, given what the defense the defense gave me and I'm always gonna do that on the offensive end. I'm never really gonna force a, a shot up that I don't feel is, is necessary to, to put up. Um and I'm never gonna, you know, go on the floor and say, I right, you know, I'm gonna score ten tonight no matter what happens and no matter how many shots I take. You know, it's kinda just I, I take whatever's given to me and I think that's why, you know, the flow of our offense works so well. I don't I don't really mind who scores the ball and I guess during that during that stretch, um I just feel that you know, my team probably just needed me a little bit more during league play to to score the ball because these teams, you know, they scout for us now. They they know us. They know who our best players are. They know who wants to score the ball and wants to pass the ball. And, you know, I, I guess that's just, again, me just taking whatever the defense gave me and that luckily just left, left me with a, a good, you know, 10-game stretch or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that sounds good. And, uh, you know, Will, coming in as a freshman, uh, you know, you averaged almost nine points off the bench, and what really stood out for me statistically for you was your efficiency, you know, 45% from the floor, 37 from the three, and 75 from the line. Uh, those are tough to do and to be consistent with across the board, uh, but, to, you know, obviously getting to the getting in the lane helps those, those field, percentage, uh, field goal percentage out too. But, you know, what about your game kind of developed, you and, you know, and uh, Johnny as well, uh, you're able to contribute uh, in your freshman year, you think? Um. So I would feel I I feel that I was just given an opportunity to play a lot of minutes and be able to show what I was able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for me and Johnny, I would say we uh, we had a lot of time where we had a chance to be on the floor together and with other bench players as well, and have a chance to be able to be aggressive while the starters were in. And I mm-hmm. felt that gave us a lot of confidence, um, being able to be freshmen and still play in big, important games and be able to be aggressive and play the way that that we feel that complements the team. So, I mean, I would say just being able to have that chance to play a lot of minutes really boost me and Johnny's confidence, and that helped us, I would say. Uh, Mark, when do you think of a point maybe during the year when you felt like you had the same confidence in Johnny and Will that you had in some of your starters that you were able to play them, you know, similar minutes but still coming off the bench? So, you know, one of the things for us with with the identity of our team this year, we were um, the third-ranked defensive team in the country in terms mm-hmm. of scoring defense. And, you know, that was led by – uh, our, our seniors, uh, Mitchell Wade and Kevin Davis, who did a great job of leading our team and creating that environment. Um, Dom was defensive player of the year. And really what, what made our team good was that uh, everybody bought into that identity and worked at it, and, and we became a really good defensive team with, with everybody who was on the court so that we never gave an easy basket to the other team. Mm-hmm. And so my confidence in – Johnny and Will came from as they started to understand where they were supposed to be defensively and they started to get there consistently. And so that uh, as we brought them in off the bench, they, there was no let up that it wasn't like, okay, now that now uh, as you sub, maybe your defense isn't quite as good as our defense started to be just as good when we subbed so that over 40 minutes, the other, our opponents never got anything easy. That was the strength of our team. And as, as Johnny and Will started to do that, 
then I had a lot of confidence in them, and, and I think everybody did. And so uh, it, it just became a great way to play and a great recipe for success. And so those guys were able to, to figure that out fairly quickly and, uh, and get really good at it, and it, was, it had a huge impact on our basketball team. Was it, was it much more at the defensive end as far as that goes and the offense came, came secondary, or was it a combination of the two, really, uh, Coach? It's a combination because it, your offense also has to complement your defense. And so, you know, one of the things with that is making sure that you're taking good shots and not turning the ball over. It's very difficult to play good defense if you're, you know, taking a, a quick bad shot or, or you're turning it over and the other team is getting out in transition. So certainly um, both players had to uh, understand uh, what we were trying to do offensively and take care of the basketball and not take bad shots and then also play great defense. Now, once they started to do those two things, well, then, uh, you know, Will and Johnny are both very talented players. So once they started to understand that and do that, their natural talents then came out and they had opportunities to make great offensive plays. And they both did that in transition and in the half court on offensive rebounds. You know, Will had some great passes. Uh, so that, that natural talent eventually came out once they uh, really got that baseline down of, of being able to play defense at the level we need and take care of the basketball and understand what good shots were. And so uh, yeah, they both had great freshman years, uh, I think, as a result of, of, of buying into that and learning to, to do that really quickly. And, and Dom, you know, it's, it's tough to think if Dom is, you know, just, just a sophomore with the amount of games. You know, he started, I think he started eight games, eight games into your freshman year. He started to, you know, be in the starting lineup there. Uh, did that kind of, did that, you know, coach giving you that kind of uh, confidence in you to, to did that, did that raise your game up at all last year going into this year? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, get sliding into the, to the starter role a little bit midway, a little later in the season, my freshman year, definitely gave me some confidence. And it, it kind of told me that, all right, coach, you know, he trusts me. He trusts me to be the point guard. Um, and he wants me to be the point guard because, you know, it was I was bouncing out the Tom Horvat out of his possession, and you know, I, and he was he was just just gonna score the ball, and you know, I had no no issue passing to him and finding him, and I had no issue passing to anyone or you know getting my shot. So I think you know having a good freshman year and having played decent minutes going to my sophomore year, it was almost just more more excitement, um, more I feel like I was just more ready to go. Um, the preparation was there. I played. You know, it's not like I was walking out of the court for the first time uh, playing, you know, Ithaca or Hobart for the first time. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of felt like I was there. I've been there already. Um, and that's kind of, for, for Will at least, that's that's a similar similar thing that we have in common, I feel like. And he, you know, he didn't bounce me out of my point guard position, but he definitely played that position. And 100%, you know, I, I told him throughout the season, I told him, you know, I, I trust you with the ball in, in your hands uh, just as much as it is in my hands. So, you know, that, that trust that Coach gives to me last year is the same trust that Coach gave to Will this year, and it, you know, worked out clearly, so. Yeah, do you guys feel, is Mark and and, uh, and Dom here, the, the the playoff game you had last year at Ithaca and where you, you seemed like you were just on the brink of coming back and winning that thing, but you weren't able to, uh, did that give you any kind of sense of what the Liberty League tournament would be like this time around, even though you're in your, your home your home barn there? I'll start with Mark. You know, I thought so. I thought it was a really important step. And uh, I think a, a team, you know, a successful season doesn't happen out of nowhere. I thought that uh, we, we've been really building um, a, a very good program and getting a little better each year. And I thought at the end of the 
2018-19 season, you know, even before the playoff game, we won our last four games in a row to get into the playoffs and to be in that position. And I think that experience of, okay, we've, we've got to do this, this level of urgency of can we come through as a group and win the last four in a row and make the playoffs. And then we did. And then we had the opportunity to play in the playoffs and get a little, get a little taste of that and a little sense for that, what that was about. I thought that was huge for us. And, uh, you know, I'll let Dom talk about what that may have done for him. But I thought for, uh, you know, for all of our returning guys, for Kevin and, and Mitch and, um, you know, obviously Pat um, and, uh, and Mason and Dom and guys that were, you know, that, that were starters this year, um, but that had had that experience of having um, gone to uh, gone to the playoffs and having had to win to get there, I thought was a was a huge, huge thing for our success this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that any real playoff experience is, is always going to help, you know. Um, I think definitely playing away uh, helped even more, uh, prepped us for, you know, a, a rough environment, if you wish. And luckily we got a home game this year, so we didn't have to, you know, deal with that. But just, just really, in my opinion, any any playoff experience can only help us. And like Coach said, we, you know, we didn't lose too much last year. And, you know, some people touched the floor last year that, that uh, or sorry, some people touched the floor this year that didn't really touch the floor last year, but they were still there in a sense of that playoff environment. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, being being down to Ithaca and playing those guys who, again, we all know are going to return and, and be, you know, those those good players like Riley Thompson and all the Reed, you know, they're, they're all coming back. So just being on the court, being on the bench, you know, being in the huddle, any, any sort of uh, mm-hmm. real, you know, playoff environment is always going to help us prep for years to come. So, uh. Will, you, you get a chance to, to host. Obviously, you needed to win late. That just tells you down the stretch this year, too. Uh just tells you how good the Liberty League is. You needed, you know, you didn't need to win every single game down the stretch, but there was a point, I think, going into the last weekend, it wasn't secure that you're the one seed. Uh, then you get that home game, and you get Union at home. And uh, how much, Will, do you think that the fan support, which had been growing all year, helped play in you guys to, to win that opening semifinal game? Oh, definitely. That, that Union game was awesome. I mean, just having the gym packed and having them on our side is just, a, I would say, a huge advantage. Um, and, like, we, we love to play off the crowd, and, like, it excites us. And I would say that it, it was definitely essential in us winning that Union game and being able to be close and still have a chance to win against Ithaca, which was, which was a tough loss, obviously, but the fans were there to the end. So, yeah, it was definitely a huge help. Mark, you touched on it earlier, but the, you know, having having that crowd and you know all the alumni, alumni that came back, and you know, what was that experience like? Obviously, the TV cameras there as well, and you guys, it seemed like you lived you lived up to it. Obviously, Will mentioned you didn't come through in the in the championship against Ithaca, but that one, obviously the game went to overtime, and you had opportunities there. Uh, you know, what was that like for you? What was that experience as a head coach? It was great. Uh, I thought it was great for our program uh, to get that sort of media attention. And one of the, one of the fun things when we had the win streak in the middle of the year is that we um, started to get more media attention and more fan support as a result of the win streak. And so, um, you know, we're, we're three weeks ahead of the playoffs and we're already sort of, there's a buzz around the team and, a, and a, uh, people are getting used to get, kind of answering interview questions and all that kind of stuff. And so I thought that really helped us when we got to the playoff situation that we had already 
um, kind of dealt with a little bit of that and that sort of external pressure of, oh, are we going to tie the record for the win streak? Could we break the record for the win streak? Are we going to win another game? And so we had already sort of gone through all of that. And this group was unbelievable, you know, one through 15 at just staying focused. And uh, so we, while we enjoyed all of it and we enjoyed all the attention, we, uh, the student sections were awesome and uh, we hope they come back because they were great. It seemed like they had a really good time. Um, and the support from the athletic department was awesome and the parents and families were, it was great. Um, but the group was so good at just staying focused on, on competing as hard as we could and doing whatever we could to try to win the game. And, uh, yeah, that's why it was such a fun group to coach. And I can truly say, you know, every guy on the team was like that or like that in practice, like that in pickup games, like that when we played. And so it, uh, it made it a lot of fun. And then, so you, you don't win the league, but you feel you have a good chance, obviously, the record you had to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, you do, uh, you go to Tufts is hosting your, your quadrant there. Uh, New England College, which was a completely different team than you played all year, but it's in Dom's backyard. Uh, it's from Arlington. It's in Medford. You know, Dom, what was that experience like kind of going home, but also playing in, in maybe the biggest college basketball game of your career to that point? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say Selection Sunday was, was something. It was, it was, it was exciting. You know, I got the, I got the text, you know, it's, we're playing at Tufts University, New England College. And at first I didn't really know anything about New England College. I just knew that they had maybe the best on-ball defender of the Division three levels I've ever seen. So, and personally, I knew that he played for New England College, and I've played him in AAU growing up. So all those kids, it was just funny to play, you know, almost a, a majority Boston team in in a Boston area that is legitimately like a 10-minute bike ride from my house. It's it's crazy. I've been, I've been sitting the bike lately, and I bike by it sometimes, and I'm just like, wow, it was, it's crazy that this was – I was playing here, you know, just a month ago. Um, but it was, it was just not, it was just great to, you know, I had all the support in the world. I had, you know, my high school coaches, I had AU coaches, I had some of my best friends coming and even just family members, any family member that could, they they wanted to to see me play. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. Well, both of those NCAA games, but especially the first one, uh, you know, you you have a good start, but then you you go down and feel like you can't get anything to go offensively. What was the, what was the feel like at, at halftime for you, especially playing your first NCAA tournament game? Uh, you know, it's, it's a low-scoring game, so there's an opportunity there, but you really have to play, you know, pretty flawless basketball down the stretch. What, what was it like in the, in the locker room at halftime there? Yeah, so uh, definitely, um, New England College was probably the scrappiest team we played all year. Um, just the on-ball defense, the tenacity, the like, ability to play the passing lanes, so and. They have full court pressure, which is tough for me and Don bringing up the, the court in the first half. So I was a little flustered at halftime, being my first like really really big game and not playing as well as I felt I should have played. And like Don told me, he's like, "Yo, just keep it simple. Like don't 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 try to do anything too special, too like spectacular." And the second half, I felt like we all took to that and kept it simple and we were able to keep chipping away at the lead and eventually we we got into a position uh, to be able to take the lead and it was history then so yeah absolutely you know Dom had a couple of big uh, charges I think in that game um, uh, Duran I think one was a mid-court uh, coach you know you you look back at that one and it's you know 
maybe the, not the most complete game, obviously, that you played all year. But, you know, how, you know, how much do you look at that as this, this exemplifies what this team was about this year, especially at the defensive end of the floor? Yeah, absolutely. It was um, – what was great, and it was a, our team never got, uh, I didn't think, too high or too low uh, throughout the year. And so we talked about, you know, when we had a lot of media attention, I, I think we enjoyed it, but it didn't cause us to lose our focus. Um, and when we got down at halftime of, of, of a game, and that happened several times this year, uh, we didn't necessarily – change anything drastic or change our demeanor. Everyone just focused on what we thought we had to do a little bit better in the second half. And we came out and, and tried to do it to the best of our abilities. And that was, uh, that uh, exem- was exemplified to use your words uh, in that NCAA tournament game. And so um, it wasn't like we tried to come back all at once or, or do too much. We just tried to play our best basketball and see where that ended up. And at the end, it ended up with a one-point lead, and that was enough uh, to uh, survive in advance. And so it was, it was an awesome feeling and uh, a lot of credit to all the players on our team for, for just being able to have that mindset and, uh, and just go out and, and try your best and, and see where the chips fall in the end. And then the season finally ends the next day uh, against Tufts as the host, but it, it felt all afternoon – you know, watching that game that you, you had a feeling of deja vu that you're going to come back and, and do it again because you, you've done it so many times, Dom. Did you have that feeling at certain points? Obviously, it got away at the very end, but you were in it right down to the, to the wire for the most part. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I think that the game before is a testament to, to that exactly, and I think that during that game we all felt that, you know, we're, we're, aging, we're, we're aging away. We're, you know, just a couple stops away. We, we You know, we get an and one, and, now we look up as a three-point game. Five, it's like from a five-point game to a three-point game or a seven-point game to a five-point game. And, you know, it was just back and forth. And then, you know, towards the end of the fourth quarter, some iffy calls, some, you know, just tough plays. And that's it just kind of just got out of reach for us. And, you know, we did what we could throughout the game. But no doubt in my mind that we we trust each other to, you know, do our best and, and work on the little things that Coach was saying, put that extra effort to the, the little things that we need to focus on that we eventually couldn't figure out to beat Tulsa, who, again, is a great team. But, I, you know, I didn't think that we played amazing, but I honestly think that we played, you know, the best we could for a very good team. And it it was just it was a great run. It, I, I, if you're asking me, you know, did I not trust my team or believe my team at any point in that game, I 100% believe that, you know, we were all wanting to come out to win at the end of that mm-hmm. game. So. Mark, you you know, won an NCAA championship with Amherst as an assistant back in 2007. Uh, comparing, I, I talked to men's soccer on Tuesday yesterday. Um, Adam, Adam said that you know when when you get that close, it, especially in an NCAA tournament where you, you're you know a game away from the Sweet 16, or you know he was a game away from uh, getting mixed with the Final Four at that point, that you see how small kind of and how you know, how small the, the country is as far as when you get to a certain level. Did you feel like this team could compete with just about anybody in, in the country at that point? Yeah, I thought we could compete with anybody in the country this year. I thought our defense, like I said, was ranked third in the country in scoring defense. I thought our defense was um, good enough to be right there with the very best teams in the country. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, by the end of the year, we were playing such smart offense and, and doing a great job of getting the ball where we, where we needed to and taking advantage of different players' strengths. And, um, you know, Pat Mahoney ends up having a, you know, just a great year and uh, is named a first-team All-American. And, and uh, as we talked about, freshmen uh, ended up really stepping up and, uh, and blossoming as the year went along. And so I thought we had uh, a, a really good team and a chance to uh, – make a great tournament run and we we won a game and then against a really good team and then we lost the game against a really good team because uh you know everybody's good when you get to that level and so um you know making a tournament run is a is a special thing uh we had an unbelievable regular season we had an unbelievable first round in the tournament and uh then we lost to a really good team as it turned out it was the last week in college basketball yeah. Um, so, uh, it's a, it's kind of a strange feeling. It would have been awesome to, uh, to beat Tufts and to be uh, moving on to the sweet 16, but it would have been a really weird feeling to then have the season end anyway. Um, right. so I just feel really fortunate that we were able to have the year that we had, have the crowds that we had, have the full experience of hosting the conference tournament for the first time at ECAV, have the full experience of going to the NCAA tournament and, and getting a great one-point win against New England College. Um, and then we lost to, to a really good team in Tufts, and, uh, and the season ended uh, in front of a big crowd, a sold-out crowd at Tufts. Um, and uh, I just feel so fortunate we got to have that full experience. I know uh, a, a lot of teams – didn't in the spring sports were not able to and uh, even teams that went on in basketball and the division one tournament didn't happen the rest of the division three tournament didn't happen and we got to have that full experience and it was awesome sure yeah you know people don't necessarily think about that that way you know you you had a complete season i know some hockey hockey seasons ended they didn't have their season uh come to uh you know a full conclusion in their eyes uh we'll switch gears again because that was a pretty good wrap-up of how the season went uh, for you guys, for you players, uh, Dom, how has, you know, school from home been? And I know that today was the last day of classes for many or for everybody. You still have some, some tests left. But, uh, you know, I know it's been tough for a lot of people trying to continue to work out or shoot around. Luckily, a lot of people have, you know, baskets they can shoot at, uh, whether it's at their house or nearby. So, you know, what's that been like for you, Dom? Um, yeah, school uh, from home is, is a little weird, not going to lie. You know, engineering being remote is, is tough in itself because engineering is tough in itself. So um, just, you know, being from home, it's it's kind of nice to have, like, a little flexibility in your schedule as far as, like, when to get work done. And the teachers obviously understand that. But, uh, you know, for exercising and, you know, trying to get as much shots up as I can, <laughs> actually every court in my town is uh, is has a uh, – a two by four piece of wood bolted between the rims because we're kind of in the heart of the the virus still. So, right. unfortunately, you know, with all the outside courts I have in my town, which is like you know ten or plus, they all got wood planks on them. So that's a little tough. But I uh, I've been been biking a lot. Um, like I said, I, I bike to tough sometimes. Uh, take a trip down memory lane, and you know I'll just you know get in five or so miles, five plus, and then sometimes in my my driveway I'll just you know shoot around. Uh, Will, how's it been for you finishing the school year? Uh, yeah, it's definitely been quite an adjustment. Um, I live down in Westchester, New York, so obviously the virus is pretty, pretty uh, crazy down here. I mean, really been on. I've been on quarantine, haven't really left the house at all. I mean, the only, only time I'm leaving is to get food or to. I, I like Don said, I've been going on bike rides. Um, I've been working out of my driveway, shooting and stuff, but. 
Yeah, like all the parks are closed. Everything's basically closed where I'm at. So, mm-hmm. and with school, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an adjustment. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not an engineer, so business is a little bit easier to learn. I would say more online learning, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely been an adjustment. I feel like I did pretty well. So, good. Yeah. And uh, Mark, you know, you, I know you guys work hand in hand a lot with the with the strength and conditioning folks as far as you know plans and stuff in season out of season but uh you know what is your kind of off-season plan with a lot of these guys that can't get to gyms for the foreseeable future yeah so it, it's it's hard but i'm hoping that guys are, are working out and staying in shape a lot of guys do have access to an outdoor hoop and an outdoor basketball you know, outdoor basketball they can use to, to dribble and shoot and work on their games a little bit see no one um you know, can play basketball, and in a lot of instances, uh, parks are closed. Um, but I, I think if if you're committed, and, uh, you know, it's a real test of, of commitment, right? And so if you are a committed player, uh, then you'll find the, the time to be able to do this on your own and, and keep working, and you'll be ahead of, hopefully, uh, if other teams aren't as committed as our guys, then we'll be a little bit ahead when we, when we come out of this on the other side. We've got a great group of of rising seniors and Pat Mahoney and Jeff Coulter and Legend Dominguez. And, I, uh, you know, I think that they will do a really good job of leading us out of this um, as we as we get into next year. But right now it's on uh, each individual player to, uh, to make the most of this time. Uh, they're at home and a chance to study and do really well in school and uh, also to – to work on their individual games and to be creative in the way that they do that. And so uh, that's what we're counting on. And I, I trust this group to do that. And I think we'll, uh, you know, hopefully come out of this on the other side, maybe a little ahead of where, where some of the teams that we're competing against are. Vines from their home uh, here in Troy. Sachi has been the director of marketing and promotions since July of 2010. And Brian Vines has been the head women's hockey coach since 2017. Before that, he was an assistant with the men's program all the way back to 2009. Also, they've been in the Rensselaer Athletics family for a decade now. Um, and uh, first, uh, Sachi, thanks for coming on. Brian, thanks for joining here. Thank you for having us, Perry. Yeah, excited for it, Perry. I know you are, uh, Vinesy. Um, you know, you guys, you, you met in college back in uh, back at the University of Denver. Um, can, can you give me the, I guess, the overall, the, the story behind that? We'll, we'll go Brian first. I want to know a little <laughs> bit of the background. Sashi was a gymnast, and you were a, a hockey player on the men's hockey team, very successful uh, I know that, but I don't know how successful the gymnastic team was at Denver. But we'll start with Vinesy and the story, the, the short story, I guess, how you guys met. Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's a long story, so I'll try and keep it short. But um, <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I was a young and immature freshman and thought she was a, a sophomore uh, on the gymnastics team. And the first piece of advice I got from a teammate when I joined uh, the program was uh, not to date a gymnast because I guess we had uh, three uh, seniors and juniors that were dating uh, some of Sachi's teammates. And skip forward uh, two months into my freshman career, and, uh, <laughs> and Sachi and I were, uh, were dating. So uh, we met in the training room, of all places, and uh, 
and uh, kind of went from there. But, um, but yeah, no, we were both, uh, that was kind of in a transition period at the University of Denver from uh, Division Two to, to Division One across our athletic department. And gymnastics and hockey had been uh, D1 programs for, um, for a long, long time. Uh, and kind of the the leaders um, of the of the department, and um, you know, watch Sachi uh, watch Sachi compete uh, whenever I could, and um, and uh, and yeah, that was uh, that's how we met. Awesome, uh, uh, Sachi. I just want to get your I guess your half of the story. Is that is that about right? That is about right. And actually, when we kind of like were hanging out in the beginning, I was like, oh, he's like such a nice person and we're great friends and no it was awesome I think that winter yeah we were officially dating so yeah how much did you know about hockey I know from being from California probably not, not a ton. yeah not a ton um honestly I mean obviously we had the LA Kings um Wayne mm-hmm. Gretzky was like a big deal obviously in LA but um did not watch a lot of hockey we were a big like basketball and baseball family um but Denver again you know um it was awesome with Brian to be able to see as many games that I was able to, you know, and then oh, yeah. time to be able to watch my gymnastics meet as well. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool. How good was Denver gymnastics? Uh, it's an individual probably. A lot of it's individual, but sure there's some team stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. No, we were um, – I think when we came in, we were really on the rise. Um, so it was great to be a part of that. Um before coming to college, it was definitely an individual sport. Um, so it was like a change in transition, but a good one, you know, coming to college and mm-hmm. it being really bold, an individual and team um, sport, you know. Um, so for me, I was, uh, I did all around. So I had the opportunity to, you know, to be on the podium as an individual and, you know, obviously help my teammates and have those team scores and get on the podium as a team as well, so, which was exciting. Very cool. And then, you know, Vinesy on the hockey side, uh, you you were on some real good teams. Uh, You obviously were part of building what became a two-time national championship uh, club, and I'll I'll give you credit for that. But uh, what was it like like playing in in Denver? It's it's a great town that we, we went out there uh, with, our, with RPI, I think you were an assistant at the time, uh, and uh, it's a great town. It's a great college hockey town. You have a couple of schools that are relatively nearby that you can see a chance to play. Yeah, no, it was amazing. You know, and I, I being from Canada, I really didn't know a whole lot uh, about uh, college hockey and the different leagues and, and everything else. I'd never heard of uh, the University of Denver before I got a phone call from a recruiting <laughs> call from one of their uh, assistant coaches. And uh, they were the first uh, to offer me a scholarship and bring me on a official visit, and I'd never been on a plane before, uh, so uh, so that was <laughs> exciting. I'd never been that far west, and uh, just went out there with no expectations. And I, I remember leaving after the 48 hours and saying, uh, "This is where I'm going." Uh, just mm-hmm. uh, such a family uh, atmosphere there, uh, great coaching staff, and, and just felt like I really fit in uh, with the culture and the values of, uh, of the program there. And, and then they had a, you know, they had a major that I was really, uh, interested in as well, journalism. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, the best of both worlds, you know, a small private school, um, you know, with, uh, a long hockey, uh, tra- tradition of, of excellence and, uh, you know, a chance to, to, to compete for championships and then hopefully play at the next level when it was all over. So, uh, probably the best decision, um, the, definitely the best decision I ever yeah. made. Met my, 
met my future wife, had an unbelievable uh, experience from a hockey perspective and, uh, and an education perspective. Absolutely. I know you went on to do some stuff that with your major, you know, with the avalanche and, and your video work helped you in Miami and a couple other stops there. Uh, Sachi, what was your focus on in school and was it, is it, was it in the marketing field or was it something related to that? Um, actually, I graduated with a degree in biology and mm-hmm. um, minors in chemistry and psychology. So my intention, I wanted to get into sports medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and right when I graduated, I met, she was the first um, female president of any NBA franchise, so with the Wizards. Um, as soon as I graduated, she invited me to um, intern with her. So I, you know, my plan was to be there for one full season with the Wizards, really get experience and see, you know, if this was something I would enjoy, because obviously it was quite a change (laughs) from science and biology. Um, And then after three months, she ended up hiring me. So I really never looked back after that. So from the Wizards, and then I transitioned to um, the LA Dodgers and the Clippers. And then to be closer to Brian, you know, so I ended up working with the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche. Very cool. That's no, that's yeah, I see that. And you were also yeah, the Clippers before you're right, and you moved back to California after a couple of years with the Mystics and the and the um, the Wizards, Wizards right? Yeah. Okay. Correct. Correct. Uh, Vine, your your playing career, um, you know, how did that go for you? And then eventually getting into coaching. Well, the playing career was uh, really short. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I had a great five years at uh, Denver. We were able to win a championship there uh, my my senior year in the old WCHA. And mm-hmm. uh, I was lucky enough to get invited to uh, training camp at the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I think I wore number 98 on my jersey, which is never a <laughs> great thing. Um, and, uh, and, you know, knew really that, uh, that hockey uh, was only going to take me so far so. Uh, from there, I uh, actually, you know, went on to play in the uh, what was used to be the West Coast Hockey League, which merged with the East Coast Hockey League uh, in Long Beach, California. And, and the reason I, I moved out there was was less for hockey, but more for um, for an internship that I was lucky enough to get with uh, KTLA Sports, uh, which I did as while well I played um, for the uh, for the Long Beach Ice Dogs and. Uh, was then traded to San Diego and, and had a chance to, to win a championship uh, my first year, my rookie year with uh, with the San Diego Gulls. Um, played one more year after that and then realized that um, my passion was really um, going to be in coaching. I love the game and, you know, love the teaching aspect and um, and, and kind of went from there uh, into the, the coaching realm of it. Uh, so, uh, Brian came over to RPI first. That was because of Seth, who you met at Denver, right? Yeah. So, so you... Seth was yeah. Seth was the the head coach. He'd been there for I think he'd already been at RPI for for three years and yep. or maybe even four. And uh, I had been working with the Avalanche as a video coach uh, with with Joel Quinville uh, for for three years and just realized that you know my heart was was uh, really in the college game. That was always kind of the goal was to was to get back into college hockey. And when Joel left the Avalanche uh, to move on to Chicago, I, I went back to school and, and was a volunteer coach at, uh, at Miami University trying to get my foot in the door back into, uh, into the college game. And um, one of my former teammates, Sean Kerlach, was working with Seth here 
uh, and he had moved on um, from uh, from his job. And Seth called me. I I was out in in uh, on Vancouver Island coaching with Nolan Graham uh, with the Alberni uh, Bulldogs, and I'd only been with Nolan for about uh, for about two months. And Seth called and said, "Hey, like, are you are you interested?" And and a week later, my bags were packed, and I was driving all the way across Canada to, to Troy, New York. And what a, what an unbelievable opportunity, you know, to come to, uh, to a great institution, another program that has unbelievable history and tradition, uh, championships in their, you know, in their past and, and, you know, just a, a really passionate uh, fan base uh, that, that loves, uh, you know, the engineers and, uh, and then, yeah, the rest is history. I've been here now for uh, just finished my 11th year. And uh, so Sashi then joining in 2010, uh, the, the position opened up, which didn't exist, uh, marketing director at RPI. And, uh, you know, when you when you first heard of it, you know, how did that come about, Sashi, that you coming over to Troy as well? Yeah, just, you know, being in the pro realm, you know, this was an opportunity to get back in college. And I, I, I truly, I, like people will ask me all the time, like, what's the difference, you know, between working with like in the pro realm versus college? I'm like, oh, my God, I just love that I have the connections with our student athletes and you feel like you have that relationship and you can make a difference, like truly. And it's awesome when, you know, student athletes are coming into my office and just to be able to have conversations about life and, you know, they worry about future stuff and to be able to just share that you know, I graduated with a biology degree and how that career completely changed. And, you know, you don't have to have it completely figured out, you know, by graduation. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? um, but just to be, you know, I've been in their shoes, you know, having that, you know, obviously the athletic background, but like a good education and just balancing that and the time commitment and, you know, dealing with teammates and um, just all those things and the experience, you know, to be able to share that. Um, was just awesome. So I was very lucky that this position, you know, they were looking to, you know, support um, the athletic program and just be better, you know, how awesome mm -hmm. to be able to do that and invest in the department that way. Um, so, yeah, as soon as I found out, I was it was a no-brainer. And to be close with Brian again, you know, um, yep. to be in the same city. Um, so, yeah, so obviously I started the process of, like, interviewing and applying, um yeah, and then just going through that process with Jim and then the whole administrative staff, like, was amazing. Absolutely. And then uh, so I want to talk about some of your things you do on the side also uh, because you, you, you've brought in, you've brought, you, you've already done, you've always done yoga, I'm guessing, or something you picked up later in life maybe, but you continue to do that with yeah. any, any RPI team that, that – uh, I would like to do it, and that's, I think it's one of the coolest things that you're able to do uh, for yeah, students. No, and how lucky, you know, I'm able to kind of kind of mesh two passions of mine together and be able to work with our student-athletes at RPI. And I really picked up yoga after, you know, my college career was over. You know, you, you deal with a lot of stress and anxiety and what's happening. You know, I move on my own all the way to D.C., um, and just managing that, I needed to find something, like, physically and mentally, you know, that would keep right. me, like, sharp and healthy. And that's kind of really where it started. So as soon as I moved here, actually, you know, my my on one of my lists, it was, like, let's find, a, like, a yoga studio that, mm -hmm. like, I love and I can kind of be consistent at. Um, 
so yeah, I found one in Latham and I kind of spoke to the um, owner. I was just like, you know, I don't know if I would enjoy teaching as much as I love practicing. So I've been practicing yoga for a very long time, but um, the teaching aspect's been like, I would say nine years now. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. No, I've been to your classes. I, I, I love the, the hot yoga for whatever is my favorite. Maybe because I feel like I'm getting a better <laughs> workout, but uh, You're impressive, Terry, I have to say. <laughs> all right. That's enough on me. Uh, Vinesy, how, how difficult was it, you know, you're you're together apart across the country for a couple of times uh, in your relationship here. How tough was it for you, and was it sometimes easier to focus on what you're, you know, on your job, knowing that, you know, that it was, you know, that you, that's all you had where you were at the time, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it was quite a journey. And, uh, you know, both Sach and I are both very passionate about uh, about our careers and, and our, our goals and, and how we want to make an impact. And um, I, I think neither of us wanted to stand in each other's way in, in terms of that. And, and, you know, we were really on a exploring. I mean, I, I worked in journalism uh, for, for a year uh, and realized, you know, that, uh, that that wasn't for me, you know, and it just kind of solidified uh, that I really wanted to coach and, um, you know, we, we kind of chased those, those passions all across the country and, uh, and, and found a way to, to stay together through it all, which, um, you know, I think it's a, a testament more to Saatchi, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like she said, when, um, you know, when this, uh, this job was created in marketing for our athletic department, we knew how important it was and, uh, you know, to kind of move, uh, all of our, our, uh, athletic programs forward and, um, you know, Sachi applied, and, you know, I told uh, Jim at the time, I, I said, I think it's a no-brainer, but obviously I'm biased, so I'll step out. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, she was she was hired, and she's done amazing things, you know, not only from a from a business perspective, you know, for our programs, but also, you know, the yoga part, I think, has been has been awesome. She's worked uh, with our, our women's team, uh, you know, every single year. She's, uh, she's in the gym with them, you know, once a week, and, um, you know, just uh, like she talked about the – the mental side of the game, I think, uh, mm-hmm. is is easy to overlook. And, and one aspect of yoga that I I really appreciate, and I know our our players do. So uh, it's been uh, it's been awesome, you know, just getting really embedded in the community here, and um, you know, and also in the uh, in the athletic department. Yeah, certainly. You know, you you can't go anywhere without if someone mentions Sachi's name without being oh Sachi's here or you know you know something. It's an excitable situation, and I know. And maybe some of your players maybe are preferable to Sachi over you sometimes as well. But yeah, uh, they need to they need to hear a different voice sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, with Sachi's background, her experience, like she talked about, as a you know an elite level Division One gymnast, and you know all of her experiences in the real world and professional sports on the business side. You know, I couldn't think of a, a better role model uh, to be associated with uh, with our student athletes. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to current day uh it's a bit of a a bit of a interesting spot that everyone finds themselves in uh from the marketing side i know i've been working with sashi since you know since it all i guess broke out here uh from home and you guys were working from home and everyone's doing their best Uh, sashi how how have you found it to be and how have you found i know you do you've done some online yoga uh yoga classes which have uh, been pretty successful uh how has that gone um, the online classes are going really well, you know, and I think it's just 
trying to adjust with this new normal, you know, it's different. Mm-hmm. And even on our work, you know, with you and I kind of working together and how do we stay connected with the community and our student athletes? That's, you know, that's not that it's a different way of thinking, but we're using different systems, right? Like right. social media is very big right now and um, how we do things virtually. Um yeah, and so my mindset right now is, you know, we want to focus on the business as usual, and we hope fall is, you know, everyone's back and seasons are starting and everything's great, but, you know, how do I prepare, you know, and have those plans ready to go so we're not really being reactive to that? Yeah, exactly. And and on the coaching side, Vinzi, you're still, you know, obviously you still are a team, and you try to do things as a team, and that's probably the hardest part right now is because you, you can't physically be together. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part for everybody, and not just from a, you know, from as a hockey coach and your team, but just, you know, I think for, for everybody in the world, you know, lacking that, uh, you know, that connection and, and the relationships, and, and that's really what we do, you know, as, as coaches, as administrators, it's, you know, it's all about the student-athletes, it's about those connections and relationships, and, you know, you adjust. You know, we've got great problem solvers and, uh, you know, with the Zoom meetings and the check-ins and the different team challenges, you know, uh, you, you do the best with, with, uh, with what you have and, and, and what you can control. And, um, you know, you, you also try and, and look at, uh, you know, the, the positive sides of it. You know, we've, you know, Sach and I have had a lot more time to take the dogs for walks and, you know, uh, spend time together, you know, um, I'm learning yoga every day I see it <laughs> taking place uh, right in front of me in all different rooms of the house uh, so uh, I'm learning that but uh, but yeah I mean I'd be you know I'd be remiss to say it is a, it's a tough spot it's a tough spot for everybody and um, you know you just try and be there to, to support your you know your friends your family your team you know who is, is part of your family uh, mm-hmm. make sure you're there for them and uh, and staying in touch and staying in, in communication Absolutely. I was going to ask you about uh, your two dogs. And who are who are they? What are they? I, I can't. I'm blanking on their names. Uh, we have uh, Chico, who's yeah, uh, Chico. Yes, I met Chico. And then we have uh, Yaya, who is a Australian Labradoodle. So uh, they've never walked as much as they have. Uh, they're <laughs> sleeping actually right now at our feet. Uh, they're exhausted. We took them out for a, a two mile walk today to get outside and get some fresh air and. Uh, you know they've they've kept us busy over the last uh, few months. Good. So they they're enjoying the the more time. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. As far as we know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on. I, I, I think you did a really good job of you know illustrating what you guys where you guys came from, uh, and uh, and and hopefully where we're headed uh, someplace a positive one. Yeah. No. Definitely. I, I hope so. All right, Brian and Sachi Vines. Uh, Brian's the head a women's hockey coach at RPI. Sachi's the director of, market, uh, director of marketing uh, at RPI Athletics. That'll do it for Episode 8 of the RPI Athletics Podcast. Thanks for listening. For more than 35 years, CDPHP has been keeping you in the game by providing top-notch healthcare coverage, superior customer service, and the tools you need to live your healthiest life. They're also a proud sponsor of your RPI engineers, CDPHP, a plan for life.